Hello, and welcome to episode 60 of the Medical Device Success podcast and videocast. Thank you very much for being with me today. I am Ted Newell, your host, and some of you have been listening to the podcast, so thanks for coming back. Those of you that are new, uh, thank you for visiting the podcast and videocast for the first time. This episode is called The COVID State of Mind of Our Doctors, Our Customers. Now, I was working on a totally different subject earlier this week for this podcast until I came across this survey that sparked the work on this particular podcast. And the survey was so compelling that it changed the subject matter for this week. And one of the reasons it's really compelling, and I'll explain it more when we get into the survey, is that it's been done over 20 waves over the past year. So this particular media company has been surveying this particular specialty for well over a year now and has done it well over 20 times. So they have this data that can be compared month to month almost as to how the doctors of this specialty are conducting their practices and what their feelings are on a number of subjects. And I just thought it was very, very interesting, and it could be very helpful to you as listeners as you interact with your specialties day in and day out. Because even though this is a particular specialty, and I'm not going to reveal which one because I don't want to bias your thinking, I believe that the doctors of multiple specialties probably think in nearly the same terms. Okay, so they could be 5% this way or 5% the other way, but not a whole lot. And I just think this is really important information as you move forward and into your day-to-day activities face-to-face with your customers, many of whom are doctors for you. And it is surveys taken in the United States. And I know I have a lot of international listeners, but I think that we'll probably find that the way that our U.S. doctors think and the way international doctors think isn't going to be too different. They're all scientists. They're all trained very rigorously. They all took something of a Hippocratic oath. They probably think very much alike. So that is the subject for today. The COVID state of mind of our doctors our customers. Now, many of you know that I'm also the host of the MedTech Leaders community, and I frequently mention this, but I got a great compliment the other day. One of our members, who is a CEO, was attending and presenting at an angel funding event, and he invited me to attend just so I could see what was going on, and I did. He did a great job. And so, In the community, I congratulated him for having crushed his presentation. And I noticed after his presentation where they had these little virtual, this is all virtual, by the way, they had these virtual tables and you could actually take a seat at the table. You could pick your seat that you're going to take. And his table of the three presenters, his table was the most crowded with attendees to the to this particular virtual event, a bunch of people went there to talk to him. So he definitely has something good. And in fact, I 
I have interviewed him in the past, and it was very recently I interviewed him for episode 58, Jeff Levine, CEO of Advanced Scanners. But he gave me a great compliment. After I congratulated him, he said, thanks, Ted. Working and interacting with you and the MTL community helped refine the presentation. Well, I don't want to take a whole lot of credit for that. Maybe he did learn something from our conversations, but um, I just appreciate the compliment. You can learn more about MedTech Leaders at medtechleaders.net. There's a very economical entry-level program called the Get Involved Plan. It's only $14 a year, and there is a free trial. So give it a look. If you like this podcast, please share it with friends, recommend it, and or rate it. And now without wasting any more of your time, let's get involved in the COVID state of mind of our doctors and our customers. Okay, we're back. And I've got some slides to share with you so that it makes this presentation a little bit more effective and it'll make more sense and a bit more structured. That's why I like slides. So if I'm ever doing a solo presentation um, or a solo podcast, I prefer to have slides to guide myself and to make sure that I'm putting it in a constructive framework for you. So this is the first slide. We're going to get beyond that and go to the agenda. So today, what we're going to talk about is a little about the survey background, then COVID infections amongst practice staff, practice capacity issues, the financial pressure that they're experiencing, trade show intentions, future behavior post-COVID, and then comfort with sales representative visits. And finally, I'm going to summarize it with a couple slides, and one is titled, Think of the Noise. In other words, the noise going on in their heads. Because when they've got extra noise, it's not good for us when we're trying to communicate to them. And what to do? What should we be doing going forward? So I've got a slide on that. So that's the agenda for today. And let's talk first slide a little little about the survey. So in this particular survey, as I said in the introduction, there have been over 20 waves of this survey over a 15-month period of time. And some of the questions have been consistent throughout the survey. So you can actually compare the answers from one month to the next. And it's real interesting if you look at the entire span of the survey, how opinions and attitudes and behaviors have changed as the intensity of the pandemic got greater, then it waned, and then it came back again with a couple different surges. Some questions have been added over time as the dynamics of COVID and COVID mitigation and guidance changed the information that was requested in the survey. So let's first talk about COVID-infected practice staff. So the first factoid I'd like to share with you is that 96% of physicians in the United States are fully vaccinated. Now, nursing staff and other healthcare professionals is far lower than that. But 96% of physicians, there's been a big leap in physician vaccinations just over the last several months. 
But this tells you a lot. These are smart people. They're scientifically oriented. They know it's good for them. And they got vaccinated. Yeah, perhaps there's some bias in there toward preserving their ability to stay in practice and not get too ill, protect their source of income, which is themselves. But I also think there's some brains involved behind this, scientific brains. In August of 2020, so a year ago, only 16% of practices had had a staff member get COVID. Now, that was pretty early in the pandemic, and a lot of practices had closed, been closed like for April and May or April, May, June, July. So there were a lot of closures in a lot of specialties, but only 16% had a staff member get COVID. By August 2021, and the reason you'll hear a lot of August data, even though the month's not over, is because these practitioners were forecasting what they believed the end result of August would be and some facts that existed at this time in August. So by August of 2021, 55% of practices had a staff member diagnosed with COVID. That's huge. That's a huge personal experience with the disease. And that definitely has had an impact on the way practitioners think and behave. 14% of staff COVID occurred after the staff member had been vaccinated. So that's another interesting one. So definitely having vaccines is protective, but still they had 14% you know, of breakthrough cases. Let's look at practice capacity. Staffing problems. So staffing problems, in, and I'm going only back to December 2020 here, but in December 2020, 38% of practices said that staffing was a concern and an issue in their ability to run their practice. 38% December 2020. Let's come forward to August 2021. It's now 58% are having staffing problems. And staffing problems come from a number of sources. As you can imagine, there's you know illnesses. There are people that don't want to come back to work because we're in a Delta surge. And maybe they have some conditions that create some additional exposure to them. And there's just this constant stress. We have seen many reports in the United States. And I'm sure this is the same all around the world of where hospital systems are struggling to keep healthcare workers on staff due to COVID, and especially this Delta variant. In fact, in Tennessee, they called up the National Guard the other day. In Oregon, they called up the National Guard. In Mississippi, they requested 1,400 additional uh, healthcare workers to help shore up their healthcare system. But that being said, there's just this pressure on staffing, and this particular specialty has experienced it. The next bullet on this slide is the capacity to take on more patients. Now, over a year ago, in April 2020, when this was all getting started, 75% of these practices had the capacity to take on additional patients. By August 2021, 64% 
believe they have this additional capacity. So that's a pretty big change, over 10% in over a year. And I think we all know some of the causes for that, if you really think about it. One is they have less time because they're spending time putting on personal protective gear and taking it off or, or changing it, washing their hands. They've got triage processes in their practices that take time and they're working longer hours. So all those things combined, along with the first fact that I just shared with you, that they have staffing issues means it's more difficult to take on additional patients. Now, the next slide, we're talking about financial pressure. First, we're going to talk about profitability. And second, we're going to talk about revenue. They sort of go hand in hand, but I just thought some of the statistics would be interesting. So if we just compare April 2021 versus April of 2020, and think about it, April of 2021 was everything was crashing, practices were starting to close by the end of April and going into May. And in April of 2021, we really weren't experiencing the Delta surge as much as we are now. We saw it coming. Everything they said about it became true, but we weren't suffering from it. So profitability between April 2021 and April 2020, it's up 39%. Awesome. That's, the, that's an indicator of a great comeback you know, after a difficult year, plus 39%. But here's the other factoid. If you compare April 2021 versus their 2019 results, they were down 2%. So even though in April 2021 over April 2020, they had a big comeback, 39%. Overall, they're still suffering compared to where they were in 2019. So there's this financial pressure. Now let's look at the August numbers for profitability. So August 2021 versus 2020, up 10%. So the recovery has slowed down with Delta. The Delta variant is showing its effects as people become more wary and more resistant to going in to see uh, some physicians. And this particular specialty, I will admit is in the, what you might call the elective area in terms of the services it provides and procedures, services, treatments. If you compare August, 2021 to August uh, or to the 2019 results, they're down 1%. So again, we have this period of time that even though there's been a comeback in 2021, they are still hurting versus 2019. It has not been a full recovery. And if we look at revenue, we see some of the same things. So April 2021 versus 2020, up 48%. So that sort of matches the profitability line. April 2021 versus 2019 in revenue, down 3%. August 2021 versus 2020, revenue up 12%. So the COVID year and into what we had hoped would be a year going post-COVID, they're still making progress. But when you compare August of 2021 to, 20, to 2019, it's down a percent. So you can see that 
there there was a comeback. This particular specialty was making progress. There's still suffered versus 2019, which means all of 2020, they were taking a bit of a financial beating. And now into 2021, there's been recovery until the Delta variant hit. And now this particular specialty is under pressure again, like so many others are. So keep that in mind. Financial pressure, pressure, less money, maybe less willingness to purchase products and services. This next slide, we're going to talk about trade show intentions. Now, of those that typically attended a popular Congress pre-COVID, the, the, the current Delta surge is definitely having an impact. In July, 24% of this particular group of the survey, and this is people that typically attended a particular popular Congress pre-COVID. In July, and this is before the Delta variant really had its firm grip on us, but it was having an effect, 24% said that they would go to this Congress. That's not really good. 44% said no, they wouldn't, but 32% were unsure. So this particular Congress had a shot at getting some of these unsure people and convincing them to come until Delta got worse and worse. Because in August, again, 24% said yes. So we've got 24% that are really headstrong. They want to go back to this Congress. It's a great Congress. But now... 63% said no, and 14% said they were unsure. Huge change in attitude. In July, 44% said no. In August, 63% said no. And this is a Congress that's coming up here in the next couple months, and this would be devastating to this particular Congress. Then the next question was, well, what if attendees were required to show proof of vaccination or a recent test? And now this is the survey of those people that said no or were unsure. So of those that said no or were unsure that they would go to this particular meeting, only 18% would now say yes. So not a great recovery even if attendees were required to show proof of vaccination or a recent test. And they did, the survey was also aimed at another particular meeting that's popular amongst this particular specialty, and the statistics are pretty much the same. So the Delta variant has had an impact on trade show intentions. And I was just reading in uh, the Philadelphia paper the other day, because we have a pretty big convention center here, the impact of the Delta variant on trade shows. And they were talking about a couple really big industry trade shows in Florida that had just been canceled for the fall because of the Delta variant. And in ophthalmology, there's a very popular trade show that's going to take place, I think in October and it will be, or early November, it will be in New Orleans. Louisiana, 
one of the worst places for the Delta variant right now. So who knows what impact the pandemic is going to continue to have on that Congress. If we go back to trade show intentions, I have another slide. And so I sort of ask the question, does the increased number of Americans getting vaccinated make you feel more comfortable attending in the future? Comfortable now? In December, 23% said they were comfortable now. In April, 45%. So December, we had really poor management of the pandemic. New administration, much more aggressive. Vaccines in place. By April, 45% said they were comfortable now in that survey, at, in April, the April survey. But time that by the time the August survey came out, only 38% say they were comfortable now attending a trade show in the future. Again, the Delta variant. And will it be the last variant? Big question. What about will they be comfortable with herd immunity? In December, 41% said they would be comfortable when that survey was taken in December. In April, that had gone down to 29%. And in August, it continues to go down to 28%. So once again, trade show intentions in this particular specialty are not that good right now. And it could impact your ability to participate in trade shows and or gain any marketing leverage in trade shows going forward. And that's the big point here. And what about future behavior, you know, post-COVID, assuming there was a post-COVID? Because some of the early surveys, we were making that, they were, or at least the people conducting the survey were making this assumption that there is a post-COVID time. Of course, now we're starting to question that, right? But what is the behavior they're going to conduct by them amongst themselves and within their practice post-COVID? 92% said they would maintain their current hygiene protocols. That's pretty big. That's a major expense for practices, and it's a major time interference with practices, maintaining current hygiene protocols. You know, some of the most intense hygiene protocols many of you have witnessed would be in your dentist office because there is so much stuff that goes into the air when they're working on your mouth. So they have some of the most intense intense hygiene protocols, but still for any practice to go through this is time consuming and it's expensive. 40% said they still would like to have virtual sales calls, even going forward post-COVID. And in terms of what has changed forever, 39% said that trade show attendance for them would change forever. And virtual um, meetings, 48% said virtual meetings were going to be something that they would be participating in going forward. So that's something that they expect to be part of the new normal going forward, virtual meetings. Almost 50% were very concerned or somewhat concerned about future office closures. 
And that's because of these continuous waves of surges and now these variants. So we have the Delta variant that has been very difficult in the United States and many other countries right now. I know in South America, they have the Lambda variant. The first things I heard about the Lambda variant were that it may not be quite as virulent or dangerous as the Delta, but that remains to be seen. The next slide, we talk about comfort with reps visiting. And I was a little surprised at this. Back when they did the survey in December, 52% of these specialists were comfortable having a rep visit the office, visit the practice. If we go back to June of this year, where many of us still thought that we might be getting the pandemic under control in the United States, 70% were comfortable with reps visiting office. Now in August, that number's gone down to 66% and the entire month is not over. And the Delta variant has just been getting worse in the United States. So I wouldn't be surprised if this number goes down. So our access, if it's reflected in this particular specialty and we take it across all specialties, our access is still going to be challenged. You know, the access of sales representatives to office practices and face-to-face to physicians. Personally, I thought the um, that all these numbers would be lower. So I'm grateful to see this and I think it's good. But you can see it goes, it's down, then it goes up, then it goes down again, right along with the virus and its impact on the country. This is really interesting. Conflict with frustrated patients. In this particular specialty, when they had the question of vaccinated patients unwilling to wear a mask and starting arguments, they didn't start that question early, early on. Uh, They only started that, I think, this year. But in May, 57% of the practices reported uh, vaccinated patients were unwilling to wear a mask and would start an argument, 57%. Just imagine, 57%. In August, that number went up to 68%. Just imagine having to deal with that in your practice. Now, I think that this specialty is different from some other practices, and so they may have a little higher amount than some other specialties would have. But just even if you had 25% or 30% of the patients coming into your practice not willing to wear a mask and respect other patients and then starting arguments with your staff, that's pressure. That's stress. And I think this is this particular specialty is different than others for some reasons. I won't explain right now. But again, knock that down to 25%. Knock it down to 20%. Two out of every 10 patients coming into a practice, having an argument, being nasty, starting, you know, uh, they're not willing to wear a mask. That's stressful. And that's stressful on everybody in the practice, staff, and the doctors. So my next slide is titled, Think of the Noise in Their Heads. There's a lot to worry about. Doctors and their staffs are nervous. They thought we were on the way to a rebound, and then Delta came. This entire pandemic environment didn't even exist 18 months ago. But now their personal personal lives and their practice have been upended. Their financial world is not as stable as it used to be. 
And every week right now in the United States, more states are encouraging the postponement of elective surgeries in certain hospitals. If there are no beds, where can they put very sick patients that do not have COVID? These doctors have lots to worry about and to think about day in and day out because of this pandemic. And a personal aside here, I went to a wedding in Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago, as some of you know, because I broadcast from an Airbnb and no, they don't sponsor, <laughs> they don't sponsor this podcast. I wish they did. But um, one day after the wedding, one of our family members got very ill and had to go to the hospital. And what was interesting about the hospital when I dropped my wife off to visit this particular family member is that they had different entrances for COVID patients and for the regular emergency room. But our family member, they wanted to put her in a bed in a regular room, but they couldn't because all the beds were taken. So she had to stay in the emergency room. So that's, and Oklahoma is not as bad off as some other states. So that's just the kind of environment that we're in, in the United States in many places and all over the world. If there are no beds, where can they put their very sick patients? In my final slide is what to do. So first bullet is companies need to monitor elective surgery capacity by sales territory. So just be very careful. Watch what's going on. Work with your sales team to understand the ebb and flow of procedures and the ability to sell product in various parts of the country. We thought we'd be on our way out of this by now, but unfortunately we're not. It looks like the next couple of months could be more of the same. Second bullet, continue to be respectful and sensitive to the burdens on healthcare professionals, executives, and their staff, whether it's in a practice or it's in a hospital or it's in an ambulatory surgical care center, be respectful and, respectful and sensitive. And I remember thinking a couple months ago, I was going to quit adding a, a sentence at the beginning of my emails. I hope all is well and that you and your family are healthy, blah, blah, blah. And I did, I did quit because I sort of thought we had used that way too much. It was overused. And maybe we don't have to use that same kind of terminology today, but we can still use sensitive and respectful messaging <clears throat> and interaction. So part of that would be know how to com communicate virtually. That's a sign of respect. And it's a great way to communicate with physicians, either virtually or out of their practice. You know, take them to a coffee shop, meet them at, at a, your favorite, um, you know, specialty coffee shop like Starbucks. And then maintain relationships with the help of embedded video. And we've talked a lot about embedded video in past podcasts and video casts. So I won't go into any more detail here, but it's a great way to put your face up in front of a specialist that you have a relationship with that hasn't seen you in a while or doesn't see you so often. And it's a great way to put a friendly face to an email. Next, implement tactics that are substitutes for trade shows now. And I saw another company doing that the other day. One of the major ophthalmic firms is advertising 
sort of a symposium, a product educational symposium over a, over, over a period of several days and that you can attend virtually. And they've really invested in this. I think it was a real smart move to get out in front of the fall trade shows that may not be very valuable to this particular company. And this is a company that would have done, you know, 15 to $20 million at one of the major trade shows in the fall. Oh, they won't be doing it now. So what are they doing? They're implementing a tactic that's a substitute for a trade show and they're doing it now. So I encourage you to do the same thing. Whenever possible, position your products as solutions to some of their current problems. And I don't have a great example of that, but depends on what kind of products you have, what you're selling. Is it a way for them to reduce time with a patient while still maintaining good patient contact? Is it a reduce? Is it a um, a way for them to become more efficient in their practice? You know, if they make this investment, you know, try to position your products that way. The next bullet is communicate content of value and then link it to marketing automation. So if you're using e-blasts or if you're using social media to communicate content, make sure it has value that they're interested in, that they can consume at the, on their own time. Like in the evenings, if they're watching TV or after the kids are in bed, you know, that's when a lot of these doctors consume this stuff. Um, you know, make sure it's linked to marketing automation. So if they if they're already identified in your system, if their IP address is already in your system, you'll know it's them coming back, and you can that can be reflected in the CRM to the sales rep, or you have find a way to have them self-identify so that now you can track them and you can follow up with them. So make sure it's linked to uh, marketing automation. And my final suggestion is do something supportive that is completely unrelated to selling them something, but does strengthen your relationship. For example, lunch delivered, no strings attached. Call up the practice, give them several days notice so the staff people don't bring their own lunches and tell them that you're going to have lunch delivered. And some practices may be nervous about that depending on where the lunch is coming from. Uh, maybe you can find a restaurant that is trusted or they have a trusted uh, source of, of lunch. They have a restaurant that they, that they trust. You can ask them what they prefer, but lunch delivered, no strings attached and followed up with an embedded email. Hope you enjoyed your lunch. Hope you guys had a great day. Know you're under a lot of pressure. You'd be amazed at how far something like that can go. So those are my suggestions as to what to do. I'm sure you can think of more. And if you have some ideas, please share them with me. Either make a comment at the end of the podcast or, or send me an email and I'll share it with other people in future podcasts. Thanks for paying attention today. I hope this information was valuable and can put a unique perspective on what's going on in our doctors' minds and in their practices. Many of you already know some of this stuff, so it's not completely new. But if you're like me, an eternal optimist, sometimes it's easy to forget what they're dealing with every minute of the day, you know, all day long, all week long. 
because we're not entirely in their shoes, but we need to get there. We need to put ourselves in their shoes. So despite the crazy period that we're in and all the different factors we're dealing with in this environment that can affect so many of us, I want you to go win your week. <laughs>